So hey, welcome back to Accelerated Investor. Hey, Josh here, and I'm super excited to have you with me again on, on this podcast. I love sharing this information with you. I'm very honored that you're here uh, sharing with me, whether you're, again, at the gym, on a drive, wherever you're at. Uh, today's guest is a friend of mine named Jefferson Lilly. Jefferson is a mobile home park investor. Uh, he's been investing in mobile homes for over 13 years. And guys, check this out. He owns a portfolio of 31 mobile home parks. It's over 6,000 mobile home units and it's valued at over $71 million. He's been featured on Bloomberg Magazine, the New York Times, and Real Money TV. He also has his own podcast, gets over 15,000 downloads a month, and also has one of the world's largest mobile home park investing groups on LinkedIn with nearly 6,000 members. Today, we're going to learn about Jefferson's journey from his very first mobile home park in Slaughterville, Oklahoma, to him launching now his next fund that invests exclusively in mobile homes. So if you're a cash flow investor looking to invest in highly cash flowing assets, or you're interested in buying and owning and operating mobile home parks, you're going to love this interview with Jefferson Lilly. Welcome to the Accelerated Investor Podcast with Josh Cantwell. Josh Cantwell. If you love entrepreneurship and investing in real estate, then you are in the right place. Josh is the CEO of Freeland Ventures Real Estate Private Equity and has personally invested in well over 500 properties all across the country. He's also made hundreds of private lender loans and owns over 1,000 units of apartments. Josh is an expert at raising private money for deals, and he prides himself on never having had a boss in his entire adult life. Josh and his team also mentor investors and entrepreneurs from all over the world. He doesn't dream about doing deals. He actually does them and so do his listeners and students now sit back listen, listen learn learn and accelerate your business your life and your investing with the accelerated investor podcast so hey jefferson listen we're so excited to have you on accelerated investor thanks for carving out a few minutes for us hey great to be with you josh thanks for having me you bet. So mobile home parks, obviously, with the uh, with all this housing going crazy, like lack of inventory, the thing that's on my mind about mobile home parks and the mobile home park investments that we've looked at, full transparency, I haven't bought one yet, but we're underwriting a bunch of them. Uh, what I think about is affordable housing, right? Because housing is getting yeah. so expensive for so many people. I think about affordable housing. So when you think about Jefferson, your plans for next year, this year, 2021, starting a new year, what are some things that you're really looking forward to? What are some things you see for mobile homes and for your own company? What are some of your big sort of goals? And what do you think you're projecting forward for this year in 2021? Yeah. So uh, our, our primary goal is, is to launch our next fund. Uh, that'll be roughly in the springtime, roughly Q2 of 2021. Uh, this will be now my fourth fund. Uh, you know, I got started uh, almost seven years ago, just doing some deal by deals, kind of raising three, five, six hundred here and there. Uh, and so the, the last fund, though, was about fifteen point eight million. Nice. Uh, they've been getting larger, you know, doesn't have to be a, a next larger fund, I would say probably would be. But anyway, so that, that's my primary goal uh, is to just uh, finish out investing this last fund uh, and then again, launch uh, the next fund. Uh, roughly in, in the spring. 
Got it. So you guys already own 31 mobile home parks that you've bought, owned, operated, or joint ventured on. Um, yep. So what is this next fund going to look like? How is it maybe different than what you've already set up with your previous funds or your previous one-off deals that you've done? So uh, it's certainly going to be far more similar than different. We're still going to focus on mobile home parks. Uh, uh, we will continue as we've done with the last fund. The last fund had a, had a big switch in fees. Uh, I, I moved uh, to a no fee, no salary, no fee model. It's just wow, pure okay. alignment with our investors. We take no acquisition fee, no divestiture fee, no fee for arranging the debt, even though I personally guarantee it as needed. Uh, it's just what I call pure alignment. Um, so we, we made that change with our last fund, the third fund, and uh, probably I think we'll, we'll keep that, that uh, as I call it, pure investor alignment uh, going forward with the next fund. Got it. I like that. So you're not taking any fees up front. I know lots of guys that sort of fee deals to death and then yeah. it leaves very no. little for limited partners, even though limited partners feel like they have a lot of equity in a deal. The general partners are kind of scraping a lot of fees off the top. Uh, you're going to this right. pure alignment model. I love that. We do a lot of the same things. Um, and so the question is, if, if you're listening to this, you're probably thinking, well, Jefferson, how are you making money? And when do you make money? If you're not taking any fees up front, maybe you're waiting for a park to stabilize. How do you make money? When do you make money on a park? So I split the fees, uh, with limited partners. That's a 50, 50 split. Uh, so, but indeed, initially as, as the first money comes in, like with our last fund, I made nothing just for having five and 10 million and sitting in the bank. Uh, I then went out uh, uh, roughly it, 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 with the last fund. I made the first acquisitions uh, about six months, five, six months into fundraising. So uh, we typically have the funds open for a year. Uh, but even during fundraising, we're beginning to make acquisitions. So mm -hmm. then just as, as soon as those cash flow, which certainly most all of these mobile home park deals do, just as soon as they're mm -hmm. cash flowing, uh, we're, we're splitting that with investors. Um, and then much farther down the road, our funds typically are 10-year life. Uh, we then sell the properties, presumably at a profit, and, and we split that. Uh, my investors do have preference to me uh, at liquidity uh, to, to get all their capital back first. And again, mm -hmm. then we, we split 50-50 uh, what remains. So um, that's that's how I make money. I've, I've, I've been in this business uh, 13 years. You know, I've got some some parks on my own. I've got some other funds. You don't have to feel too sorry for me. I'm, I'm already cash flowing. I, I don't yeah. need the, the few percent acquisition fee up front. I'll, I'll be, I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm sure you will. That's great to hear. So uh, Jefferson, yeah. tell us a little bit about, um, a recent park deal that you did tell us so our audience can understand yep. if they've never done a mobile harm park deal. So I'm, I'm big with apartments, yep. right? We own 2,700 units of apartments, value wow. add B class and C class apartments that we can buy that have deferred maintenance that have bad management that have low rents that we can bring up. We can stabilize refinance summer, all of our investor equity out and then cash flow yep. that thing long term. I would imagine you're kind of doing the same, something similar, but describe for me a typical mobile home park deal that you like, something that stands out that you're like, we bought this deal, made a lot of sense, and here's why it made sense. Yep. So uh, just, uh, gosh, it's been probably seven, eight weeks ago now, uh, we bought a deal called Coronado Village Mobile Home Park. It's in Roswell, New Mexico. Okay. Uh, By Roswell, the aliens. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was, that, that's our investment. <laughs> 
th that's our investment uh, secret right there. Just if you can if you can buy within fifty miles of wherever the aliens are. Nice, I like it. <laughs> nice, I like it. Secrets out. Uh, but so we, we like the deal uh, because first off, we, we got into it at around an eight cap, uh, maybe a little better. Uh, so that seems to be reasonable pricing, uh, certainly relative to where most apartment buildings are trading, sure. most traditional multifamily. So right off the bat, you know, we, we, we're starting with, with uh, we think, a pretty good acquisition. And in fact, that property appraised for something like 20 or 20 two percent more than what we paid for it Very so good. going wow. in going in we, we we think we bought it right um so uh anyway so, so roswell is you know it's not dallas or denver or new york city it's obviously more of i don't know that's a secondary market it might be full-on tertiary mm -hmm. market uh there aren't a lot of investors chasing deals in markets like roswell new mexico or pocatello idaho uh, or Sioux City, Iowa. We've bought uh, in all of those places over the last year. Um, so Roswell is, though, a, a healthy market. Uh, the average house price is over $100,000. That's one of our investment criteria. The average household income is over $40,000. That's another one of our investment criteria. Uh, this property then uh, has... Uh, had at the time, I, yeah, I believe it, it was all uh, resident-owned mobile homes. Mm -hmm. This is a key, a key point for, for us, uh, and something that that your listeners would need to look at if they're considering. Yeah, uh, yeah please uh, explain because you know there's the park. the park owned, the the seller finance model. There, there's the the, the yeah. they they own the cans themselves and just pay the management fees. Explain that piece for someone that might yeah. not know about mobile homes. What what are the different parts there versus again an apartment building where you just own the building, you rent the units. Pretty simple. Yeah. So we really view this business as being more akin to the parking lot business than to uh, apartments. Uh, mm -hmm. Keep in mind with apartments, you as the landlord own all those proverbial leaky toilets and leaky roofs. Mm -hmm. uh, in our business, at least the way we run it, uh, we again tend to buy parks where the residents own certainly the majority of the homes. That means those the, all that maintenance on the proverbial leaky roofs and, and leaky toilets is on them, not on us as the landlord. Nice. Uh, so that reduces our, our repair and maintenance bill. I've never owned a, an apartment building. You have, Josh, but you, you tell us it isn't your repair and maintenance sort of 15 or 18 percent of your rents uh, on yeah, average. Is that a fair? What is yeah, your repair is. and maintenance run? It is. That's yeah. pretty fair. We usually budget around, depending on the building, but a, you know, B minus, C plus type building. It's usually around $750 per year per unit is kind of a rule okay. of thumb, if you will. And if you figure yeah. if you're getting you know, seven to $800 a month in rent, it's around 10%, 15%, give or take. Okay. Um, and then, you know, on a building that's got more uh, maintenance or that has more deferred maintenance, a little bit older style building or maybe 50 years old plus, it could be higher, it could be $1,000 a year. And that falls in that 15, 18% range, you bet. Yep, there you go. So we typically have repair and maintenance budgets over the long run, obviously fluctuation year to year, but over the long run, we're about five or 6% of mm -hmm. rents for repair and maintenance because- all we have to maintain is the land. Certainly, we still have plumbing bills and some pothole repairs and some mowing uh, and for our parks up in the north, some snow shoveling. Mm -hmm. But you factor it all in. Uh, certainly, uh, 
less than half of what would otherwise be the repair and maintenance budget goes into the land. Most of the repair and maintenance budget, as you know, goes into the actual improvements, that brick and mortar. And we don't have brick and mortar. Right. We've just got the land to maintain. Um, that plays into the dynamic with, with, with our tenants. Um, you know, our tenants might not live in houses as nice as you and I do, Josh, but this is their home. Mm -hmm. So they have graduated up out of apartments. They are homeowners. Uh, you know, frankly, even if they were mediocre apartment renters, you give somebody a shot at becoming a homeowner. Lo and behold, they take better care of, of those proverbial sure. leaky toilets and leaky roofs. So we have, we believe, a more responsible tenant base that does less damage than a traditional apartment renter. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another, another reason we, we like this business, lower repair and maintenance, and on the whole, uh, a better uh, tenant base. Um, so there you go. We, we really want to end up, even then, uh, well, to, just to go back to the Roswell deal, we, we will be bringing in, uh, it'll take several years, we'll be bringing in approximately 60 mobile homes because there mm -hmm. are vacant pads there, which is something we generally like to be able to, to do some infill. Uh, it's almost like taking an apartment building and adding on another sure. 60 some odd units. Um, but we will only uh, rent to own those or help folks get proper uh, mortgages. We will not regular rent those mm -hmm. additional 60 homes. I like that. So we're certainly first and foremost uh, uh, a for-profit uh, partnership, but we do also have a social mission that's to help expand the supply of affordable housing for folks that typically are making around 35,000 a year household income. So mm -hmm. we'll be able to bring on, again, probably about 65 affordable housing units and help 65 families in Roswell uh, become homeowners. Uh, and we'll Great certainly stuff. cash flow reasonably well uh, out of those mobile, additional mobile homes uh, as well. My newest and most powerful real estate investing book, The Flip System, is now available. And for a limited time, you can grab your free copy at getflipsystem.com forward slash podcast. Using the same proven principles, secrets, and investing strategies I'm sharing in this book, I've been able to personally close over 750 highly profitable real estate deals over the last 15 years, make over 400 private lender loans, raise over $30 million of private money, and acquire over 2,000 units of apartments. Get my newest book now for free for a limited time at getflipsystem.com slash podcast. That's getflipsystem.com slash podcast. My understanding is, is that, you know, Warren Buffett is a massive player in the mobile home industry. And there's a lot of consolidation and professionalism happening in the mobile home space where, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, there weren't a lot of lenders in this space. Uh, it was more viewed as a very mom and pop-ish industry that's changing rapidly. Uh, you have a lot of yep. money coming out of Wall Street, people talking about affordable housing. They're looking at simply yep. return on investment and the return on investments are through the roofs. Talk about the transition of what you've experienced over the last 13 years. And even, even before you got in the industry, that was probably one of the reasons it attracted you to the industry was some of the, yep. the changes that were happening to evolution. So again, for somebody who doesn't know who's an active or a passive uh, investor and who's looking at this niche 
potentially to do a passive investment with you or maybe an active investment for themselves. Why is this becoming so much more of a a competitive space and a much more professional space? Tell us a little bit about the evolution. Yeah. So, you know, I think the dynamic uh, is is that uh, this is still largely an overlooked niche. Now, Mm -hmm. niches by definition are small. So I don't know the exact numbers, but I would guess basically for every uh, mobile home park that's out there, there are probably a hundred apartment buildings. Mm-hmm. So the large institutions that take fees and have to deploy, you know, billions and billions of dollars, uh, it's just much easier for them to keep bidding up prices on apartment buildings rather than really take the time and put in the effort to find mobile home parks. That's sort of the one bad thing about this business, this niche, is that it is relatively small, certainly much smaller than traditional multifamily or hotel or, or, or you know, self-storage or in any of the other uh, kinds of real estate. There just aren't very many mobile home parks, um, but they are getting discovered. Um, the way, and the way Buffett got into it, and this has uh, changed the, the business for the better, uh, but he bought uh, Clayton Homes mm-hmm. uh, uh, from Jim Clayton. Uh, that was at the time, I believe, a publicly traded company. They, they were the largest manufacturer of mobile homes. Uh, they also owned, I believe, around 60 mobile home parks. But the core value for that business was manufacturing the homes. Um, so Buffett, because he doesn't want headlines like, you know, billionaire has to yeah. evict poor tenant, uh, Buffett sold off the mobile home parks. Uh, it's his business. He's a far more talented investor than, than yeah. I am, but I probably would not have done that. But he sold off the mobile home parks more than a decade ago, kept the home manufacturing business um, rode through then the housing decline, shipments of mobile homes dropped from something like 400,000 uh, in, in, in the early 2000s to like 40,000 wow. in, in 09 or 10. It was about a 90% reduction in manufacturing of mobile homes, but they have bounced back, not fully, but, but, but that business has bounced back. Buffett is consolidated and Buffett now offers financing on mobile homes, much the same way GMAC offers financing on General Motors cars. Yeah. So so now we can get financing on new homes. When I got into this business in 2007, I was just taking money out of my own bank account, my own personal savings, and just buying used mobile homes, rehabbing them. Uh, All of that was just quite a drain on cash. Um, but but those homes can can now be financed. So we we do that. We take advantage of the financing. They'll bring in mobile homes. Depends exactly how you do it. But in general, the homes come in for free. I ha- I as the landlord have to personally guarantee the mortgages. Uh, but I get brand new homes in my communities for free. My tenants then apply. Uh, get approved. Uh, I collect the lot rent on, on, on a home investment could be 45 to 55,000 uh, that, that I haven't had to come out of pocket for. Um, and Buffett's company, 21st Mortgage, collects uh, the home payments. So it's really a win-win. They agree to not yank the home out of my community if that person defaults. Uh, okay. I agree to make up their missing mortgage payments for a couple of months until we get a new tenant in there. So again, it's all about alignment. And this is very different 
than the way things were back in the late 90s. I wasn't in the business at the time, but there was quite a war between landlords and the, the, the companies that then financed mobile homes as far as whether the finance company would yank out <laughs> a home uh, or again, whether a, a landlord would have to pay, uh, pay for the house. So the business is now uh, more uh, civilized and sure. more aligned between us, the landlords, and uh, mostly Warren Buffett. There are a few other companies uh, providing financing for mobile homes. So all, all that's great for those of us, uh, all of us, to, to help expand uh, the supply of affordable housing. Got it. So, Jefferson, a couple questions that are popping in my head. One is, what's your favorite technique or strategy or way to find your next park? Is it through a commercial broker? Are these deals done off market? Help me understand and other people understand our listeners. Uh, if they wanted to go find a park, you know, what is kind of the minimum criteria? Is it a hundred cans on a park? Is it 200 cans on a park? And how would they go yeah. about um, getting their first sort of offering memorandum, if you will, on a park? Yeah. Where do they start? Yeah. So uh, there certainly are brokers and we've bought some through, through brokers, uh, we have shifted certainly with this fund uh, so far to be a hundred percent sourcing deals off market. Oh, great. Uh, okay. So we, yeah, we, we've done that uh, through our our network, um, uh, through folks that that work with us, exclude some exclusively, some in in, in partnership uh, with some others, but. But basically, we're sourcing deals off market. Uh, I'm sure we will buy some additional deals from brokers. But as you might imagine, the pricing uh, typically is higher through, through brokers and typically takes longer. Uh, we can go to a seller and say, you know, hey, we're a direct buyer. Obviously, we're not a broker. We're not going to shop your, your P&L all over the market. We're not going to upset your tenants when they hear that something's for sale. We'll just talk one-on-one. -on -one. We'll pay a fair price. Uh, we also can get closed sometimes in as little as 30 days, depending mm. on how much uh, data, good data that a seller has. But we can close within a month for all cash uh, if some other pieces f fall in place. Uh, all that uh, gives us, uh, we think, you know, can make it compelling to sell to us quick close and, and privacy. Um, sure. Brokers typically, again, are, are not about privacy and, and will stretch out a, a closing process for several months. So um, anyway, it's just a matter of, of, of calling, basically even driving through parks, networking, finding out uh, you know, what, what parks might be for sale, whenever you're talking to an owner, if they're not selling, which they generally aren't, but they might know other, other folks in that town that, that might be selling, you know, just, but we just work to build rapport with, with sellers and network and, and find deals generally uh, off market. But it, it. it's a lot of work, you know, it, it's a lot of follow up and systems and tracking leads and paying referral fees and salaries. And uh, it, it's quite a quite a six figure investment for us every year to be finding deals uh, off market. But do, do you have a team that does that, Jefferson? Do you have do you have like a acquisitions manager or an acquisitions team that just not, does nothing but that? We've, uh, so we are scaling up. We, we've got several folks that, that we've worked with uh, that, that have basically done that, yes. And we will probably hire on an additional person or two in 2021 just to help scale that up. Fantastic stuff. If somebody um, wanted to invest in a deal passively, um, uh -huh. 
what's sort of the typical model? Do you have a typical model? Is it just a 50-50 split? Is it, like you said, it's in alignment? Do they get a preferred return? And then equity, tell me a little bit more about that for somebody who might be interested. Because again, m- mobile homes are real, ca- I mean, they're, they really cash flow. The ones I've looked at really cash flow, if you buy them the right way, probably cash flow more than any other uh, asset class. Returns are higher. Some people are like, ooh, I don't know if I want to own a mobile home park. Like, Man, if you drove through some and you really <laughs> knew what you were buying and investing in, again, it's not the mom and pop stuff from 30 years ago. Certainly some parks are. Um, but you know, the whole game, is the whole industry has leveled up a lot. Um, so what does a typical structure with a limited partnership look like? Yeah. So we typically, uh, again, are now raising money in a fund structure. Mm-hmm. So folks uh, do have to be accredited. Our funds are registered with the SEC, their classic 506 Reg D funds. Sure. Folks need to be accredited. Uh, they write us a check. We don't work on a capital call basis, although folks can certainly write a subsequent check if they like what they see before our fund closes. They're typically open for about one year. Um, but yeah, we're just in, in partnership with folks. There's no preferred return for our investors. There's no preferred return for me, right? Sure. I don't take salaries. I don't take fees. Uh, I'm, again, personally guaranteeing the debt as needed. Um, anyway, so that's the way we work. It's really just a 50-50 partnership. When we sell, our, my investors do have preference to me to get their capital out first, sure. again, at the end of 10 years when we sell. Uh, but we do split, split, split all, the way, all the way along the, the quarterly profits. We just we split those. We make quarterly distributions and keep keep building the parts for for the long run. We're not real fix and flip uh, type people. We're, we're yeah. more fix and hold and cash flow for for a decade. Type, a decade. Type Same people. here with apartments, though. Yeah. yeah, love it, love it. Yeah. Are you ready to automate and explode your real estate investing? We're searching for extremely motivated individuals who are sick and tired of wasting time and want to finally see real results from their real estate investing business. We're searching for investors looking to get to the next level and become a bigger, better version of themselves while being a more successful real estate investing entrepreneur. Apply for mentoring and coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. That's joshcantwellcoaching.com forward slash podcast. So Jefferson, as you think about all the things you've learned um, and you think back about what you would do differently or some advice that you would give to some of our our members, I want to ask you about that in a minute. So think about that. Yeah. Like what would you give to your younger former self? What would you give what kind of advice would you give back to some of our, our audience? Um, but before I go there, Let's talk about affordable housing for a minute, right? Property yeah. values are just skyrocketing, especially with COVID, inventory super low. Uh, you know, even in Cleveland, I just read Forbes magazine came out this morning with an article that said Cleveland, where I'm from, is one of the top five markets on their watch list. Inventory is down 40%. Properties are selling in days, you know, two weeks. That never used to happen in Cleveland, right? Sounds like San Francisco pricing out here where I live, Josh. Yeah, it's not Properties in Cleveland are going in a couple of days. Yeah, the affordable housing is is an, a real issue. So, and even a friend of mine who who owns some mobile home parks down in Florida, and he he builds and develops houses. He said Florida just, I guess, just recently. I don't know if it was last week or last month, removed some sort of moratorium that they had on building mobile home parks. 
So they've removed mm-hmm. the moratorium to allow new mobile home parks to be built. I suspect that's because they have an affordable housing problem. So talk to me in our audience about this affordable housing problem. How do you think mobile home parks fit in there? Um, what do you see the future being to kind of solve that need with mobile home parks? Yeah, so mobile home parks are the only uh, naturally occurring affordable housing uh, anywhere. Uh, most other affordable housing is are apartment buildings that government either owns Subsidize. or subsidizes. Right. So mobile home parks typically are uh, certainly our, our properties, even if somebody's buying a house from us, all in their payment is still going to be probably a hundred bucks less, 10% less than, than what it would be in an apartment. And again, they're on a path uh, to owning an asset, indeed not not as nice as, as the homes you and I are, are blessed to live in, but those folks will own an asset still worth right. something when, when they're done paying it off. Could be as little as two years on some of our used homes. Um, some of the mortgages do go out to 15 years on the nicest new homes. Uh, but none of these folks will be in debt for 30 years, uh, the way many of us will be that, that own site-built houses. Uh, they're they're going to own the thing between two and 15 years. Uh, they'll start off paying less than what they'd pay in a comparably sized apartment. And again, once they're done paying for the house, then they only have to pay that lot rent, which is probably more like a third, maybe even just a quarter of what an apart comparably sized apartment would rent for. Um And indeed, this is a compelling niche because so many local governments talk out of both sides of their mouth. Uh, Frankly, politicians on both sides of the aisle talk out of both sides of their mouth. You know, I saw this, uh, for instance, in the town where I got my start uh, buying my first property in Slaughterville, Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma is a little interesting place. (laughs) Yes. Slaughterville, Oklahoma. Wow, it's a, tight, it's a healthy little economy. It's on the south side of Oklahoma City, out near Norman, where okay. OU is, Oklahoma University. So we're really sort of a suburb of a big, healthy college town. But a couple of years after I bought that first mobile home park, wouldn't you know what the local town passed regulations to help us? <laughs> and among other changes, they said no more housing development on anything less than two acres of land. Now, most mobile home parks would have 10 mobile homes per acre. So if you had a two-acre mobile home park, it would have 20 Mm -hmm. uh, affordable housing units on it. By changing the law to require two acres of land around any kind of house, mobile or otherwise, they've really made it not economic to ever develop another mobile home park in Slaughterville. They okay. certainly never say that they were discriminating against poor people or trying to stop affordable housing. Sure. And indeed, it doesn't say, say it's that. illegal to build a mobile home park. They can say, we've never we've never made it illegal to, to build a mobile home park. But of course, the law has made it not economic to ever be able to develop a mobile home park. If you have to buy two acres of land and you only get to put one house on it, you're probably going to put in that market, you know, a quarter million dollar house, three car garage, you know, uh, for Oklahoma, that that's that, that, that's an above average house. Sure. Um, anyway, so we see that kind of thing nationwide where, where politicians are moving back the goalposts. Uh, frankly, most folks that live in mobile home parks vote at a far lower rate than most of the rest of us. Their voice is not heard in all those local city and, and county elections. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, most of those, I saw even one case in Florida, I'm trying to remember the county where everybody was a realtor that ran the town. And they, again, completely outlawed, even on private property, any ability to bring in a mobile home. The realtors that then run that, ran that Florida County said all houses have to be stick built, site built, very nice, large houses. Mm. Where, where, you know, they, they know where they're getting their, their, their bread buttered. Um, right. So unfortunately, we see that kind of thing nationwide where politicians are doing a grave disservice uh, two folks making 35000 a year. And it's really the politicians that we have to blame uh, for, for uh, the housing crisis, at least at that level uh, mm-hmm. of, of house price. So, so hopefully there's going to be places, like I've looked at a lot of mobile home parks lately, and again, haven't like offered on one yet, so learning more about the industry. So this interview yeah. is one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show. So thanks a lot for coming on, uh, because I just feel like you know a park or multiple parks. Make, I, matter of fact, one of the brokers I work with who sells a ton of apartments, 40,000 units of apartments he sold in his lifetime, says he will only actually personally invest in mobile home parks even though okay, he great. sells a lot of apartments. Uh, he's a great yeah. dude. And so he's like, you look, you got to start taking a look at this niche. So based on part of his, his advice, I'm, I'm starting to look at some parks to try to get my feet wet and figure out how that goes. Um, so Jefferson, last question. You've obviously got this amazing amount of experience, 31 mobile home parks, $71 million of value, launching your next fund. Uh, yep. You probably learned a lot along the way. So talk to my yeah. audience and talk to your kind of a younger former self what are some things you've learned along the way? What's some advice that you would give to them and to your younger former self that can help us along our journey? Yeah, so I would say uh, I'd sort of uh, kick myself in the behind, my younger self's behind to get moving faster. You know, I didn't, I didn't buy my first park until I was, I believe, 39. Uh, I probably could have done it financially, you know, somewhere around age 30 or so. I could have done it sooner, faster. I feel I've been generally on the right path. Uh, I just should have gotten there faster. Uh, I will also say I would have told my earlier younger self to sidestep that first deal in Slaughterville, uh, not because of what the government subsequently did, uh, but simply because that property, Josh, some properties just have too much potential, uh-huh. if you know sure. what I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that, that park needed a lot of work. Now, it's appraised for over three times what I paid for it, you know, 13 years ago. But it's just taken, and certainly in the first several years, it took so much time uh, to be rehabbing homes. I was living in my mobile home park one out of every three weeks, being my own general contractor. I now sure. heard people that, that do that. I've heard I this story before. The plumber and, and the roofer and inspecting the new refrigerator that came into lot 17 and blah, blah, blah. That first property just had too much potential. Uh, and, and so if I had to do it all over again, I'd, I'd be in this business. I just would not have bought my first park. I would have bought something cleaner, a little nicer, more resident, uh, you know, sort of more resident owned homes, that, that kind of thing. Um, but still, that, that deal's gone well. It just pulled an awful lot of time out of me uh, yeah. in those early years. I would probably argue that you learned a boatload about that about the business from Slaughterville. I mean, I, I did. because of all the things you just <laughs> described, Jefferson, I think about some of the apartments I've owned, some of the houses I've flipped, and certainly like the ones where you've just gotten kicked you know, in the rear over and over and over. And you're like, God, this deal won't go away. I've got to be on site all the time, babysitting this thing. It's so much work. But 
Conversely, wow, do you learn a lot when you've got to pick contractors and pick materials and site inspect things on a regular basis. So you might argue that that's a big reason for your success. Looking back, though, you realize how much freaking work that was. (laughs) I would have still learned, uh, you know, but buying a park, I still would have done maybe, you know, one quarter of that amount of, of work. I still would have learned it, you know, sure. <laughs> but, sure. but if I had done maybe one quarter as much of, of, of home renovations and sleeping on site in a trailer, <laughs> I still right. would have learned, you know, right. <laughs> right. I'll give you credit, man. That's fantastic <laughs> yeah. stuff. So listen, Jefferson, as we round third head for home for our audience that wants to reach out to you, yeah. you have a massive LinkedIn group, uh, almost 6,000 yeah. members, the world's largest yeah. mobile home investing LinkedIn yeah. group. You have over 15,000 downloads on your own podcast every month uh, yep. talking about mobile home yep. parks. Of course, you're opening up this new fund. People might want to invest. So if they want to learn more about yep. these opportunities, where should they go? Yeah. So uh, the educational materials that we produce, the podcast, that that LinkedIn group, uh, we also produce the industry's uh, own, I believe, the only calendar of events. So you can sync things like trade shows right in your calendar. Uh, that's all available at mobilehomeparkinvestors.com. Got it. Uh, and then folks that are interested in learning uh, more about our investments, they can hit up our website at parkavenuepartners.com. Right at the top, uh, there, there's a link to join our mailing list. Honestly, we email usually less than one once a month uh, just talking about our deals and, again, upcoming fund. Uh, there's also an intake form at the bottom there, parkavenuepartners.com. Down at the bottom, somebody can just uh, uh, type in their name, their contact information, a question, what have you. Uh, that'll come right to me. So mobilehomeparkinvestors.com and parkavenuepartners.com. Fantastic stuff. Jefferson, thanks so much for joining us today on Accelerated Investor. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jefferson Lilly. What a great guy. What an amazing guy. I love his uh, his strategy he talked about, about pure alignment, where he aligns with his investors. He owns 50%. They own 50%. He gets paid when they get paid. I think that's a strategy that we can all take back into our investing, whether it's flipping houses, whether it's apartments, whether it's mobile home parks. How can we better align with our investors to make sure that everybody's in the same boat, rowing the same direction, everybody's getting paid at the same time, instead of having a fee business, that fee, 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 fees our investors to death. I really love his talking points on pure alignment. If you enjoyed the podcast, leave us a rating, leave us a review. If you need help with your investing business, raising more capital, learning how to find better deals, build your own portfolio, uh, go apply for coaching. We'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, Go apply for coaching. Let me know how I can help you uh, build an amazing portfolio uh, into next year and beyond. Let me know how I can help you achieve your financial goals with cash flowing real estate. Thanks so much for being here. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Hey, Josh here. And do you want to win a free Accelerated Investor t-shirt? All you have to do is give Accelerated Investor, our podcast, Accelerated Investor, a rating and a review on iTunes. Okay, do that now. Then send us a screenshot on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. What we're going to do then is every week we're going to pick our favorite rating and review, and we're going to send that person a free t-shirt and maybe, again, some other cool, fun stuff as well from Accelerated Investors. So, again, don't forget to take a screenshot. Leave a rating, review, take a screenshot, 
send it to us so we know exactly who you are. And then once a week, every week on the podcast, we will announce a new winner. Don't forget to take a screenshot and send it to us so we know exactly who you are. We'll announce a new winner every week. You've been listening to Josh Cantwell and the Accelerated Investor Podcast. Leave a comment on our iTunes channel and let us know what you want to learn next or who you'd like Josh to interview. While you're there, give us a five-star rating and make sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes. Follow Josh Cantwell and his companies, Strategic Real Estate Coach and Freeland Ventures on all social media platforms now and stay up to date on new training and investment opportunities. To start your journey toward the lifestyle you've always dreamed of, apply for coaching at joshcantwellcoaching.com. Oh.